Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm a co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. I was 39 at the time, and one thing I vowed to myself was that I was gonna go into my 40s being the fittest, strongest, best version of myself. Running is accessible. You don't need the fanciest, most mm. expensive pair of shoes. I think most people put too much importance on shoes. Yeah. You don't need a pair of the top of the line, carbon plated race shoes to run a race. Um, so you really want a wide, a wide range in your pace. Um, mm. Those really easy days are gonna help with your aerobic fitness. It's gonna build your engine. Yeah. And that's the basics of, of running. That sure. you can then rely on your fitness being good, and from there you can just go anywhere. Nicola! Davide! How many days to comrades? Oi, I don't know. 10 uh, days. See, I'm not running. 10 so. <laughs> days. It is a, the official C minus 10 days. It's all about Ziyasha. comrades. <laughs> this about, is it. I'm happy to announce that we'll, go, we'll be moving more on to some trail <laughs> topics after Davy has done with comrades because I feel like we've been very road biased since this whole well, journey has started. So has the majority of South African runners. But it's okay because that's the attention that comrades deserves and guess. Yes. It's an iconic race. Okay, Davy, let me ask you, how are yes. you feeling, my boy tell us a little bit about how your training you the, has been you, going okay so my, my training has been fantastic it's been you know such a difference between um, last year and this year no I, double days no double days you know i did tell you at the no beginning, strength training yeah let's not even go there i did tell you at the beginning of my training block last year i felt burnt out we were obviously doing 150 k's a week it was a lot you know um, and this year doing two oceans winding down to you know our max weeks being like 120 k's um i felt really good I, i'm feeling very confident very fit and just excited to to go out there and and run uh, I'm, i must say looking at you and your training this year it definitely goes to show how you need to learn you from to, yeah. from things that you've done in the past no, no time is ever wasted in training and especially if you're smart about the way you you look to towards the recovery side of things and i think one element that you really focused on a lot this time around av is your nutrition you really got in that jotted down properly you've been Absolute practicing it and that's something that you know many runners don't practice a lot you know it, it's something that i focus a lot with the people i coach and when i speak to them it, it's often a foreign topic that uh, it, it's not normal for people to even think and associate nutrition with running so it's important that you've managed to stumble upon it and it's, <laughs> it's great that it's made a big difference in your training so i'm stoked to have seen it yeah, definitely. I mean, nutrition is an absolute game changer, guys. If you are not taking it seriously, then I can obviously highly recommend you just doing some research. You know, we've got a lot of guests on the show who talk yeah. about it. You know, we've got a few previous guests. A few previous guests. I mean, Annie Bortmer has just been, you know, someone that really highlighted things for me. But um, and if you slide in Davy's DMs, he might give you some uh, some I advice. Can give but you it's exact, not, it's exact, not exact amounts, guys. <laughs> I'm basically a qualified uh, nutritionist. There's no now. guarantee he'll reply to you, though. That's for sure. <laughs> no, it's uh, eight to twelve working days. Yeah, he's a he's a busy Instagram influencer. He's got too many other jobs. 
jobs. Yeah. Whereas the Instagram influencer we're talking to today. Yes. He's a full-time Instagram he's influencer. A, he's, a, he's proper. He's a, he's a proper. <laughs> he, he's so proper that I only refer to him by his Instagram handle. It's Let's Run Foster. And his real name is uh, Jeffrey Crow. I'm sure you guys would have, you know, by now heard of Jeffrey Crow. He's been uh, making an absolute uh, name for himself on the um, social media scene. Uh, he is based in Joburg. He is very well known for his amazing shoe collection. Sure. That puts my shoe collection <laughs> to shame. You don't even have anywhere to store your shoes. Yeah, man. I know that. Well, I've got a secondhand uh, rack from Davey that falls apart uh, uh, every time I put a shoe back on it. But uh, this guy is the real deal, guys. If you go and check it, check his Instagram out, you'll, you'll see how much work he actually does with so many different brands. It's really fantastic uh, to see how he has progressed. And, you know, we speak about it. It's been a meteoric rise for him in a way. Um, he only really started this running journey through COVID and it's really just exploded for him. It was a it was a fantastic conversation about his training, how he got into uh, providing shoe advice at, and, at, and at forty and, years yeah, old. Yeah, and also some of his uh, incredible journeys that the the running has taken him on uh, through Kenya, uh, different parts of South Africa with the, with all the different races that he's done, smashing his first sub three hour marathon, getting a silver two oceans, bank runner five fifty k. I mean, he is an absolute man on a mission, guys. This guy is determined to say the least he is very 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 passionate about running i mean one of the most passionate guys that we've come across um so yeah it is a absolutely amazing episode um guys sit back relax and enjoy the show let's run foster if you love the work we are doing and the impact that making a runner has had on the running community so far then why not become an official making a runner fan that's right guys, Making a Runner is now on Patreon. Although this started purely as a passion project, we have had to become realistic about the time and cost of running a successful podcast. And that's why we've decided to provide memberships where our fans can either make a pledge to support our work or receive exclusive behind the scenes content, discounts on racepass.com, as well as downloadable running programs to guide them along the running journeys. If you want to make a pledge and become a super fan of the show, Make sure to go and visit patreon.com forward slash making a runner. Thank you for your continued support and enjoy the rest of the show. Jeff, thank you so much for being here with us today. We, we're very happy. We, the Making a Runner jet's flown in again. Flown him all the way it to w- Durban. We've put him up in the Oyster Box Hotel. He's yeah. very comfortable. Yeah. He's even coming with his glass water bottle. Yeah, his glass water bottle. <laughs> so thank you for being here, man. We really appreciate you taking the time. And we look forward to this little conversation. Hey, Nick. Hey, Davey. Yeah, I'm a big, uh, big fan of the show, and I'm very happy to be here with you guys. Play that, uh, play that applaud. Yay! Huge fan. Yeah, <laughs> cool, man. Thank you so much. So let, let's get stuck right in. So for those of you that, that don't know you, who, who is Jeffrey? Yeah, so um, most of my followers, obviously, are, um, on Instagram know me as Letter and Faster. Yeah. Um, but there is a person behind that. I am an individual. Um, Jeffrey, I'm a nice down-to-earth guy. I like running. I like shoes. I'm not a professional athlete. I, I'd like to think that I'm uh, somebody that runners and normal people can relate to. That's that's great, man. And tell us, how, how did you get into running? What's your sort of the, the, the first story that you can remember when you did start running and how uh, how did it hook you? Oh, gosh. Um, I loved running as a kid. 
I was part of a, a an athletics club in Krugersdorp. Um, I don't think I was particularly good, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, we just did time trials once a week. But I guess my real running story started last year only. Sure. Um, I'd run a couple 21Ks and very recreationally, um, I'd say, in the last sort of five or six years. But I wouldn't consider myself uh, a proper runner until last year. So, so you were just a social runner. You sort of got out there for like some twenty-one k sort of stuff, and then, uh, and then, what? Well, last year was just post-COVID, right? Yeah, I mean, I think COVID did um, a lot to a lot of people, changed people's lives in many ways, um, as did mine, um, in a very positive way. Yeah. So you were working full time prior to COVID. Obviously, didn't have as much time to follow the running passion that you clearly have deep within you. So that obviously changed through COVID, am I correct? Correct. I'm a marketing consultant. Uh, before that, I had a full-time marketing manager job for 15 years, office-bound job, yeah, nine to five. <laughs> really, I think the only time I could run was maybe at 6 p.m. when I got sure. home. So I didn't, running wasn't really a part of my life at that stage. Living in Joburg. Yeah, absolutely. In the rat race. So uh, very career driven and focused. And for how many years that was that the case? Because I mean, now you're 42. 42 years old now. Um, so I'm late to running. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm making up in a big way. It's okay, 40, 42, but you feel 32. Yes, absolutely. It's, uh, somebody <laughs> asked, we had a conversation with friends the other day. And uh, they said, uh, point is brought up, uh, what, what is your soul age? What do you feel? And like that's easy for me. I feel I feel like I'm in my early thirties. Nicholas, I feel like I'm in my early thirties, man. I, I, I am <laughs> you in my are early in th your early thirties. <laughs> but I, I want to know. So obviously, when you were in the rat race and you were working a normal nine to five in Joburg, obviously Joburg is very business orientated, and you know I just feel like I get anxiety thinking about <laughs> you. I don't know a lot of our listeners are from there. How did you find the time then? Did you have the did you find some time to still take part in, you know, training or some sort of running? Or was it just like, I'm going to do this 21, hack a training program and then get to it and tr run the race? I mean, I wasn't even there. Okay. I didn't even know what a training plan was. <laughs> okay. Recreational running was me maybe running a five kilometer once a week. Sure, sure. And I'd kind of just go into 21K races for the fun of it and run with a few friends. And that was the only thing you were doing. You, you weren't doing anything else. You weren't going to gym. You weren't taking part in any other sporting activities. So I'm a very um, athletic person. I like a lot of sports. Um, I play a lot of competitive tennis. Okay. Um, I'm not a, bi a big gym guy, so you won't really find me in a gym. I, I would like to challenge that one because I follow you on social media and I see you in the garden with your personal trainer at least three or four times a week. Now, and you've got the sunnies on and you've got the gloves on and you are pumping iron yeah. and I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> That's my problem. I need to get you to come to my house. Things had to change, baby. His priorities <laughs> changed. Yes. So now when you become a proper runner, <laughs> oh, here we go. a real runner, okay. a real a runner, real runner. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I just did a lot of research and guys said to supplement your running, you just have to do strength work and conditioning. So I hate it, but I've got to do it. <laughs> okay. So well, I do it twice a week. <laughs> I can't motivate myself to do it. I had to hire a PT to come and stand over me and tell me what to do. I think a lot of people can relate with what you're saying. You know, first of all, I think a lot of them can relate with that nine to five working job struggling to find the time to actually fit 
time and for yourself. So obviously you were fortunate that through COVID you were able to to change that and I want to chat about that. But obviously the other part that I think a lot of uh, runners can relate to is the hating of the strength training. No, you and know what? <laughs> let me let me let me go into it because it's 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 always a monkey on my shoulder but but the only time we ever do gym training and stuff like that is like during a rest day and a rest day is for a rest day. But I also want to put something forward. I got a, I got my best time at Two Oceans. And how many times did I come to gym? Imagine how much better you yeah, could imagine run. how much better you would <laughs> no, be guys, if you uh, actually started. Uh, yeah. I always say strength is one of those things that if you don't do and you are a fairly good runner, you might not see the difference until you do it. And then you'll feel the difference. But you can't compare it to something that you're not doing. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, we're getting sidetracked. Flogging a dead so, horse, yeah. <laughs> We'll get you there, Dave. <laughs> Maybe through enough people if coming in. If you come in, yeah. to my house. Oh, gosh, bro. There we go. I'll, I'll put it out there to everybody. If Nick comes to my house twice a week, then I'll start. Well, the making a runner jet fetch <laughs> me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Jeff, tell me, in COVID, obviously, everything went to home, um, started working from home. Did, did your job description sort of change a little bit? Or are you still sort of fulfilling the same type of job just from a remote perspective? Or... Did you get to a point where you were like, actually, I'm enjoying what I'm doing with my running. I want to prioritize that. So the priority of the running actually came after, just after COVID. In 2019, obviously COVID hit. Everyone went into lockdown. I was 39 at the time. And one thing I vowed to myself was that I was going to go into my 40s being the fittest, strongest, best version of myself. And that really, it was just a mindset change. Uh, my wife and myself, started working out daily because we were stuck in our homes. Fortunately, we were in a nice big home, so we had a garden. We tried the running around the garden. <laughs> Horrible. Some I know some guys did marathons around their gardens and on their patios. Maybe it was Not one of us. I maybe, I think the best I did was 20 loops around the house, and I just got bored. But yeah, uh, COVID uh, changed everything for us. Uh, my wife and myself were actually extremely busy work-wise over mm. that period. So it really just... Uh, solidified our relationship and our family I had a young child at the time only uh, one and a half years old so we really just bought things in tight and um, looked after ourselves where the running got into uh, being a priority it was in 2021 actually late 2021 where uh, my job situation changed one of the projects that I've been working on got a bit quiet and I, because I'm a marketing consultant, I had the opportunity to choose whether I wanted to go out and uh, get more work and more clients. And I took the opportunity to say, listen, for the first time in my life, I'm going to prioritize myself. Um, I know I've got a natural ability and talent for running. And um, let's just try and give it a go. Sure, that's brave. I think a lot of people struggle to prioritize themselves and struggle to to back themselves. So to see you sitting here across from us today a year and a half basically past what you what you're telling us is was sort of this this coin dropping for you it's it's quite incredible and that's I want to get onto you know obviously with your background in marketing uh, you've you've marketed yourself pretty well through through your Instagram account and and the growth those numbers that you you were telling us about I mean those are insane those are numbers. extraordinary numbers so my friend <laughs> I want to I want to find out I mean obviously you, you knew what you needed to do, but you also looked elsewhere for the type of recipes that other successful influencers around the world were doing. And you sort of saw a gap in the market here locally. But how did, how did you put it all together? Did you sort of envision it being this good or this successful a year down the line? Or are you still riding on that high wave right now? Definitely riding that wave. 
my personal Instagram had three, four, five hundred followers at the time, like any normal kind of individual would. And um, I just started it really by starting to journal my running journey. Didn't think too much of it, didn't put too much effort into it in terms of uh, marketing or uh, doing any pa- any kind of paid advertising. Um, I just started posting about my runs. I, at the time, I think I only had two or three pairs of shoes, running shoes. And I think where the, the infatuation with running shoes started was that I love a deal on a good running shoe. Um, don't I, don't I, really, I really hate to pay full price for running <laughs> shoes. It's a pet peeve of mine. Um, so I found a pair of Adidas Pro 2s, which at the time were, I don't know, 4,000 Rand. I found a pair online for 2,000 Rand and I jumped at the opportunity. I thought they actually got the price wrong. So I ordered them, paid for them. Payment went through. Scam. I, I didn't think I was going to get them. Scam. They arrived in the post. Hey. And uh, I thought I was the luckiest guy in the world. Now I was a proper runner. Now hey, I had, cheated a, the system. Yeah, now I had a pair of carbon-plated race shoes. <laughs> I was the man. <laughs> <laughs> so I had two pairs of shoes, a daily so, trainer. I can't even remember what they were at the time. And then my carbon-plated racing it's shoes. It's funny what a pair of carbons will do to somebody. The hey? confidence boost. Hey, you put them like. on and automatically you're just like, I am. I'm a runner. I am Elliot Kachogi. Yeah. Now I'm going to be fast. <laughs> now I'm fast. So then you yeah. change your Instagram handle to let's run faster. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, kind of like that. So I wanted to go all in. I'm that kind of person. I had taken the, I created the opportunity for myself, uh, obviously discussing it with my wife, knowing that it was going to be a slightly... Yeah, I wanted to also. Slightly. I wanted to bring that up because I mean, you you had great support from your wife, obviously during this journey. She's an advocate, right? So she's um, when we chatted when we were in Joburg, you said uh, you you did a lot of the hard work for a long time, and now obviously. Yeah, I had the serious job before. Now she does. <laughs> and well, I get all to the have ladies, fun all the ladies listening to this podcast, say so it's a good, it's a good. Uh, just take a, take note, eh? <laughs> doesn't listen to the podcast I'm fine. all no, i'm saying is that nick one day is going to want to pursue his running dreams i mean i'm pursuing <laughs> them we we, we we're sitting right okay, here you're a bad deal. example no, my wife is incredibly supportive and there's not one time she told me that it's too much or uh what i'm taking is too selfish so um yeah just huge shout out to her and uh, at Behind every great man, eh? that's what they say. <laughs> but so let's go back to what you were saying. In terms of growth, you decided to change. Numbers, this. yes, numbers, Instagram yes. page. And you changed your handle. Yeah. So I wanted something inspiring, obviously running related. Um, so I came up with that name. It was available. I changed my personal Instagram account to that. I got a lot of great support from friends and family saying they're really enjoying what I'm doing and um, they all knew that I had a passion for running and um, more than average talent and ability so they they were as excited to see where this was going to lead as as I was so I started this started posting my runs started posting my shoes and I guess you want to chat about sort of yeah, where the where the big break came with the, yeah, with I mean, the running shoes, and, and and at this stage, I mean, when you started, you had a couple of hundred followers. Am I correct? And then change your name. You sort of started focusing more on the running. You focused more on running content. Got yourself a coach. You started taking your running more seriously. But I mean, at that time, your your times still weren't quite matching your your talent pool, so to speak, because you hadn't done that that much training. You just you just went right in. You know, I think a lot of people they want to sort of 
back themselves a little bit more and they wait and they wait and they wait, but you didn't wait. You just, you jumped right in and you did it. And this is where you're at right now. So yeah, we can chat about that big break and how it came with, with the shoes, but I also just want to reiterate how you had to just dive in and be fully immersed from the start. And that's probably one of the main reasons why you are successful at this stage, so close to having done it. I think many people are too scared to take that initial step, too scared to put themselves out there in case there is failure associated with it. So I just want to commend you for that, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Nick. But let's go to the shoes. So you you reached out to, or the, someone reached out to you. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's now a very good friend, actually. Um, but... Yeah, I got a message on Instagram one day uh, from this guy called Alpha Flyers. I think spam. I, <laughs> I think spam straight away. <laughs> so I was following him. So I was like, hey, let me just go and check what this is about. Um, and he says, hey, dude, I've just moved back to South Africa. I really like your, um, your running content and you're super inspiring. And I want to give you a brand new pair of the Nike Alpha Fly 2 prototypes when they, when they release in a couple of months. <laughs> I was like, okay. I mean... Who does that? Who yeah. gives who gives away six thousand rand running shoes to somebody who they don't know? Well, Alpha <laughs> Flies, yeah, he does. Uh, Graham, big shout out to you, man. You, uh, I think um, one of uh, one of the guys that uh, inspired me to sort of pursue the sort of Instagram part avenue. of my running avenue and shoe collection, yeah. So he gives you this pair of shoes. Was there any anything attached to them? Was it like... Yeah, I said, okay, cool. Just I'll go run? <laughs> great. I mean, cool. I'll take the shoes. Uh, what do you want uh, in return? He said, no, no strings attached. I just want you to enjoy them. I don't like to see sort of talented athletes and runners not with the best equipment. So Sure. You go and enjoy them. That is an ideal oh, where, situation. Where does Graham yeah. get his shoes yeah, from? Because yeah. I think I need to get that contact. Can, I ha- can we have Graham solve the number? Well, if you see, if you think my shoe collection is impressive, <laughs> I think I stopped counting at a hundred when I was in his uh, closet. That and, and does he have a sponsorship from from brands, or did he find no, that? It's in, a, no, pure passion. He Look. just wanted to buy you a pair of shoes. Yep. That's incredible. We all need a friend like Graham. We need, yeah, we gotta, we got to put it out there, guys. If there's anyone listening and, uh, you know, you might be able to sway Davy away from his <laughs> beloved Essex. <laughs> but, um, so Graham has, um, he has uh, helped a few athletes out in South Africa and um, I think it's, it's a huge, it's, it's an awesome thing that he does. Huh. Um, he's given, given shoes. A shoe to, philanthropist. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's what he, that's is, what he yeah? is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so now he gives you this pair of shoes and, you you say that you've wanted to you've watched a lot of running reviews and running shoe reviews and you were interested in the designs of shoes and that so you just put two and two together you're like oh I'm gonna start <laughs> reviewing shoes because there's a gap in the market absolutely I saw I saw a gap in the market um, there was as far as I know no one doing it successfully in South Africa I did model my account on a few international guys in the yeah. US and the so UK Ben it's Johnson Ben is running. Yeah, of, Jamie's running. Yeah. Um, so guys, very, very yeah. popular. And like, yeah, I, li- I liked how, I liked what they did. They were inspiring to me and I thought I could put the same messaging out, but in a local context. So it's like a sweet mix of running content, actual advice related to things that people want to know more of. You were trying to get your hands on, on shoes that people didn't have so that obviously people want to see what, what you think of the shoes. And I think what you, what you told us that it's probably the, the one reason what makes you so credible is the fact that you never really affiliate yourself with 
one, yeah, brand. one brand. And I mean, that came up in, in our ice breakers as well. Obviously that helps, right? I think quite early on, I made the decision not to tie myself in um, with any particular brand. Once my Instagram account started getting quite popular, it, it, it really got a lot of traction and a lot of the top brands started noticing <laughs> and reaching out to me. Um, started throwing you shoes anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fantastic uh, that they did that. Um, so I get seeded a lot of shoes. Yeah. Um, I am proud to say that half of my collection I did pay for and probably the other <laughs> half were given to me. So it's a nice mix. But I wanted that authenticity of coming from an independent position mm, mm. when I reviewed shoes and your shoe collection now is more than 40 shoes I mean if, if you go look at your your Instagram you'll find your 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 wall of shoes picking your shoes for your races and that's what I sort of want to want to get onto now so uh, I know it's hard to say like favorite shoe or favorite things that you enjoy but let's say now you've you've got a race coming up and um, what's your go-to shoe for a marathon <laughs> oh difficult one really it's um I know there's a lot of super shoes yeah. out there. And I just want to take a step back from yeah. that. Um, I think the beauty of this collection of shoes that I have is that I can, I can highlight rotations to my followers and people that follow me. Um, I get a, I get daily messages asking for advice on what types of shoes, what situations, what budgets, type of runners. And I love the beauty that I can give them proper advice that I've been able to experience um, yourself. Experience myself. I'm sure you also get a lot of people asking you for free pairs of shoes. I do. Um, (laughs) I don't get arrested, fortunately. Um, I know there are some international guys that that do. They get a lot of heat. Um, I think I come from a place of like authenticity, and I hope it's not too flashy because that's not uh, that's not what what I want to. That's not what I want to portray. For sure. But um, it really, I, I want it to be inspiring to people and I want to be able to to teach people. Mm. Very, very few runners actually know the difference between daily trainers, long mm. run shoes, tempo shoes, race shoes. Uh, yeah. But I think you highlight a, an important point and that's something that we've spoken a, a quite a bit about before on this podcast and that's, you know, shoe rotation is so important. And also I think a lot of people are so loyal to a brand that when that brand changes the shoe, obviously it makes it difficult for someone because, yeah, they're just going to go and get that exact same new version of that shoe. But now the shoe has changed a lot and it can it can have a big effect on your body and sometimes your body doesn't react very well to it. And I'm a big believer that if you're never really settling on a specific type of shoe, your body always has to keep on guessing and keep on molding and keep on changing. So now when the ch- the shoe makes a slight change, uh, you're not really going to, if it's not going to affect you as much, say pick up an injury or start cramping because of it. So I think it's a, it's a good behavior to have. And also it allows your shoes to last a hell of a lot longer instead of just running them down to the ground. I know a lot of people like to do that. Yeah, it does. I, I get so many inquiries and people messaging, asking how I keep my shoes so clean. <laughs> And it really is because I rotate through them a lot. Um, you're going to trash your shoes if you're running in the same pair day in and day out. I, th- I think, though, it's simply a lot of people just can't afford more than one pair of shoes. Yeah, sure. you know? I That's mean, true. A pair of shoes nowadays is between two and a half. I don't know what, like a Pegasus, maybe two I think two an grand. average pair of shoes is three grand. Let's a- call it that way nowadays. So, so in an ideal world, you would have three pairs of shoes to rotate through, right? That's nine thousand rand on shoes, 
right? I mean, and then also you start picking up the mileage, like, like for comrades, we worked out the maths that if you're running just 100Ks a week and a pair of shoes is going to last you 800Ks to 1,000Ks, you're going to go through those shoes in two and a half months. Yeah, you would, you would have a pair of shoes specifically for that training block. Yeah, but... Um, I, so I get you on the, on, the, on the cost point. Yeah. Running, I li- what I like about running is that it is an accessible sport. Yes, the shoes are quite expensive, and especially post-COVID, it, I actually can't believe how the prices mm. have shot up. So that's maybe something for the local industry. Well, I guess it's... It's, a interna- it's an international imports, standard, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, un- it's unfortunate that the prices have increased uh, the way they have. But um, running is accessible. You don't need the fanciest, most mm. expensive pair of shoes. I think most people put too much importance on shoes. Yeah. You don't need a pair of the top-of-the-line carbon-plated race shoes to run a race. Yeah. I've, I, I mean, I'm a decent runner, and I've been... There's plenty of guys that finish ahead of me in nike pegasus yeah no, so for sure i, I yeah. think it's it's more about your training and your fitness and your ability the shoe is really just a small p- percentage over the top of everything it's Absolutely. like the icing on the cake yeah but I mean, it, 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 it makes a difference of one or two percent yeah. and if you're an elite athlete that one or two percent is going to make a difference for the average runner i think you can get away with two shoes in your rotation two to three shoes and if you're spending between two and two eight i mean you're going to get a decent shoe yeah. for that so yeah, um, sure. yeah. I, I, I think compared to other sports like mountain biking and tennis and, yeah, and the like so it's, uh, you're in for a lot bigger costs uh, so what i quite like about running is that it's still accessible to yeah. prices and i mean you would have seen the accessibility of it on your on your travels to to kenya and i, I want to get on to that later so we'll, we'll chat about that just now but just going back to your social media before we close off that part of the conversation i mean you started off at 400 followers you now a year later sitting at twenty-five thousand followers I mean that is that is exponential exponential growth. Growth. exponential growth. I want to see that graph. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, I couldn't believe it. It, it, it actually, it's kind of mind blowing. Um, so it's, I started it just over over a year ago, and I had a a very lofty goal at the time that I wanted to get up to ten thousand by the end of last year. So, and I mean, like that was a huge, like lofty goal, which I knew I'd probably fall way short of. But I mean, you got to put it out there. And um, I got to 10,000 in January, sure. um, which I was super stoked about. Um, <laughs> you guys know I did that shoe giveaway yeah, on 10,000. So yeah. I, got, I got a local uh, sponsor, a shoe shop, uh, Runaway Sports up in Pretoria. They've been incredibly generous and supportive of me and my sort of uh, running endeavors. And they gave me some shoe options to, to give away. And that was 10,000. In January. In January. <laughs> A month later, I got up to fifteen thousand. Yeah, well, I two mean, months after that, up to twenty-five. So, I mean, that yeah, it's during that point where we first met was through Asics when Asics reached out to you about the the launch of the Nimbus Twenty Fives when they released that um, all white, unbranded, un, unnamed shoe. And I saw I saw your stats because I mean, you get a lot of people on Instagram that have fake followers and and whatnot, but. Your stats, your engagement, I think at one point was like, a, your reach was like literally a million. Three million. Three million. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is absolutely 
insane. Yeah, like, it, like it really is. So that did generate a lot of hype, um, and it was amazing. I, I loved having a shoe that was not generally available to anybody else, but a few seeded athletes and because I think that it works well for world. you. It works well for you now because obviously. Now you have brands wanting to work with you and give you... Because it's such a cutthroat industry at the moment and everybody's trying to release new shoes and trying to do cool stuff. And by you working with them now, they're giving you new stuff and that's giving, getting you more engagement because now people are looking at you for, for new tech, new shoes and all of that. So it's, it's turned into quite a nice model for you. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I never thought I'd actually be an influencer. I mean, it's crazy to even think about <laughs> and. Being it, especially in South Africa, I, yeah. d I didn't think our market was big enough to be able to handle it. Um, but, but it's hard work, right? I mean, it, we see it from the side and it's great. But I, I mean, we all know that working on social media, it, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time that people don't actually see. It can be very frustrating if you're not getting the results that you're hoping for. So I think there's a, it's the, it's a game that a lot of people try to get into. But again, they don't they don't fully dive into it. Uh, but I mean, can you speak about a, a couple of like the difficulties of being an influencer? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I'm a runner. So the influencing part and the content creation come secondary to me. Um, on a daily basis, I still need to fit my training in. Um, I do have to somehow generate content in and around that, but I've obviously got to take my uh, training seriously, and um, that is always the priority. I do get the opportunity to have a little bit more fun on those sort of easy easy long runs uh, where there's no pressure um, in terms of it being a sort of a hard key workout for the week. Um, but yeah, I mean, content creation, I'm fortunate that I have a marketing background. Yeah. So I have a passion for it and it, I'd like to say a, a flair. Um, I think my content was pretty poor to start with um, and you get better over time. Do, do you think that the, the constant need to stay relevant is something that, you know, is quite um, stressful obviously i mean instagram and just um influencing in general is like always staying relevant and you always need to be aware of what other people are doing you need to be on top of trends of the and things yeah um i've uh, done quite a deep dive into this so i'm i'm fully into it so it's not like it, it doesn't feel hard to me because I always like to do research. I like to see what's out there. I like to know what people are talking about. Um, I join a lot of community runs around the country wherever I am. I like to speak to different people, meet different people, get different uh, viewpoints. And just through that interaction with different people and being online and seeing what trends are, that gives me enough sort of content to to stay relevant. And I've got a lot of really close friends, um, international mm. influencers and guys that run similar type of, uh, of uh, running pages. And um, they're very supportive. We all help each other. We share each other's content. It's uh, yeah, just part of the bigger picture but of uh, being inspiring to other runners. But there's a lot of planning involved and that's what you're sort of getting around to. It's, it's not just wake up one day, this is what I'm going to post today. Like you, you oh, seem no, like I'm someone pretty, that is pretty pedantic about what you're going to be posting about and you know exactly why you're doing it and there's there's a reason behind it, right? It's probably more ad hoc than that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're yeah. doing all the research, but then you're just like winging it. Kind of, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. 
That sounds like us. Yeah, that sounds like us. I'm just making sure. I'm like, yeah. we're doing this wrong, maybe. No, no, no. no not, <laughs> one, not winging it. Um, but I am more spontaneous than a, than a big planner. Yeah. Okay, cool, man. Well, I, I, I want to ask, how loyal do you think your followers are? <laughs> hmm. I've got a lot of really loyal followers that message me and um, reach out to me numerous times. Not many are once-offs. So, so guys will ask me something and then get back to me in three weeks' time saying, listen, that pair of shoes that you suggested, I bought a pair and I'm running my first marathon in three weeks' time or three months' time. They'll then message me again after that three months and be like, dude, like so they take the shoes work yeah. so well. Yeah. Like I love them. I got my time. And like those kind of stories just like keep me going. 100%. So they take your advice. So... A quick social experiment, shall we? Perhaps tell them to follow uh, Making a Runner <laughs> on Instagram, <laughs> and we can see Gee, we can see not. the conversion rate. Are you asking for a lot? Yeah, right? Do you reckon? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I post about you guys. There I'm, you I'm, go. I'm, hey, I'm yeah. a big I'm a big fan of your show. Um, I've listened see? to every episode. I didn't start right in the beginning. I had to kind of catch up a little bit, but um, I think the show uh, is great. Well, yeah. there you and have it, guys. I think all South African runners. Uh, should listen to them. It's yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. That, that means a lot. But uh, <laughs> going, Davey, Sorry. stop it. So it's a, it's networking as well, man. Come it on. is. It is definitely networking. <laughs> but this is not about us. <laughs> so enough with the social media side of things. Like that's, I think the work that you're doing there is fantastic. It's obviously very inspiring for a lot of people around you. Uh, that's that seems to be the motivation behind it from your side of it as well. You just want to be someone that people can look up to and inspire them to just get up and go for their run and be better runners all, all together from your side of things. So your running journey, obviously you mentioned guys getting up, to get on, getting a hold of you, telling you they're going for their first marathon. Tell us about your first marathon, the Wally Hayward marathon. It, was it 2021, 2022, your first marathon? 2022. So this time last year. Yeah. Cause it just I happened. Ran my first marathon. So yeah. how was that experience? I mean, the first marathon, we all remember our first marathon. Yeah. We'll remember um, our first time. <laughs> Sorry. I, I didn't actually I didn't think it was difficult. Like I ran a three twelve, which I thought was fairly respectable. On your first marathon. Yeah. That's with a bit of coaching that you were yeah, doing. Yeah, that at was the time. worth about three months of sure. proper coaching, yeah. And yeah. I had to put obviously when you start a training plan, you gotta work backwards from a goal. Mm. So my goal was always to be able to run a marathon and I put that one in place, ran it, and yeah, I got hooked. I just wanted to do more after that. So after that, you went to Cape Town in last year at the end of the year. So you had a, a little bit of a break, built up to Cape Town Marathon, knowing that you wanted to go sub three, because obviously from 312 on your first marathon, there's big jumps of improvements to be made yeah. with, with the right training. And no, I tell you what, Nick, it's in that three months of training, even in my training runs, I was getting new PBs and yeah. I was just having so much fun. I just wanted to run fast. Um, but obviously it was all part of a training plan, but you know, initially it, you get huge gains from, sure. from having a proper training plan. So you went to Cape Town from there. Cape Town Marathon. And that was your marathon that you'd pinned. This is my sub three hour marathon. Um, yeah, absolutely. I done, um, so between May and October is obviously quite a while. Yes. Um, I had two training blocks in that period. I ran, I think it was about six or seven 21k races. Sure. And I was, yeah, I was, I was nailing it. I was feeling good. Yeah. I mean, most of them were training races, mm. so they weren't goal races, but 
yeah, I was, I was smashing 21k PBs on all of them and like the confidence was high. I was riding mm. it. Yeah. It's so an exciting time of your running journey. Oh, hey, like when best, you're just going yeah. for a run and because you're just getting fitter, you're running a PB and you're not even trying to run a PB around the track. Yeah. It, it's really cool to be there. But now your experience of Cape Town Marathon, I want to ask you a little bit about that because Davey and I went to Cape Town in 2021. We skipped out on Cape Town 2022 and hopefully we're going to be down there again this year. And we'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. But uh, Yeah, I have some unfinished business yeah, there this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we can have a different bus this time because we'll, we'll talk about our, our <laughs> failure of a bus at Two Oceans. But um, your, your Cape Town Marathon experience, I think Cape Town Marathon, obviously we all know that it's it's supposed to be the pinnacle of marathon running in this country. It is the World Abbott Major qualifier. Uh, qualifier marathon nominee nominee Nominee. marathon and what what was your take on that marathon i liked it um i think i underestimated the route as did many people yeah it was a lot i I went yeah i went down there thinking it was going to be a fast flat route and sub three was in the bag um yeah um (laughs) i hit the wall (laughs) the wall that we all know about so i was feeling great up until 32 no even more 34 kilometers and yeah i just struggled through the last 8k is like i'd ne- that's the first time i'd felt that sort that of hitting wall. the wall and it was just <laughs> i think it, it it yeah i ran out of energy just feel pop yeah i felt pop and i struggled <laughs> like the through first it. time you've told us that you actually weren't enjoying running like this entire experience and they like this sucks yeah that was a the, wall will do that that was <laughs> the first and only race i i i've, I've struggled on and I, I got my sub three i yeah, came in and just 258 yeah <laughs> So you were tracking ahead of time, obviously, before hitting that wall. You, I, you I, was, thinking, I was looking at like 250, easy. yeah. Sure, so you were lucky that you were that far ahead and you were ma- you managed to consolidate well, back to... that's probably part of the problem he's going out too fast. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> but am I correct in saying that down there you met up with uh, Nick Bester as well? Yes, Nick um, Bester. This episode of Making a Runner is brought to you by Burn Studios. We are excited to be partnering with one of the fastest growing activewear brands on the continent. Just like our podcast, Burns is a proudly local brand with the community at the forefront of everything they do. It's a place where people from all walks of life can come together as a collective and be inspired to live a life of motion. No matter the activity, Burnt is made to move. Become a part of the hashtag orange tag tribe and shop your favorite items online at burnt.co.za or at one of their retail branches in Stellenbosch, VNA Waterfront, or Mall of Africa. So That's it. So Nick, uh, yeah, Nick, uh, he was going for his fourth yes, marathon in four in weeks, and Cape, yeah. yeah, he had done, he I think it tired. was, <laughs> what yeah. was it, Chicago, Berlin, Berlin, London, London Chicago, and Cape and Town Cape was Town. going to be his fourth. Um, we've been chatting on uh, Instagram before that. Um, I'd never met him before, but obviously him being a South African, we got on quite well. And he said, listen, let's hook up at da- when, when you're down in Cape Town. We did a great shakeout run the, the day before. Yeah. Got to meet him, one of my sort of idols, uh, like Instagram running idol, which is awesome. Yeah, he's a good man. He's a great guy. We had a recording with him. If you haven't listened to it, it's episode uh, five of the second season. And it's unlock your best running potential <laughs> with I, Nick Bester. I thought this wasn't about us. We're plugging it in, Davey. Yeah, Just a little plug. But anyways, <laughs> tell, tell us about that. So you obviously met your idol. And that's the cool part about running and influencing and starting to influence others and getting to know other influencers around the world. And then when you actually get to meet them, it's like, it must be just so cool, man. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah, it, it was a very cool experience. Um, he did his fourth marathon, which is fantastic. 
Um, I actually have quite a funny story about Nick Bester. Um, so it was, yeah, we got through the marathon. He was heading back to London, but stopping off in Joburg to see some family, uh, just take a few days off after obviously traveling, traveling a lot. Um, his family or part of his family live quite near to where I live in Johannesburg. So yeah. he stayed up the road. We said we should hook up for a training run while we, while we're in Joburg, uh, which we arranged one morning. Um, there was a bit of a miscommunication. <laughs> I arrived early. Uh, which is a normal kind of training time for us. I think I, I got that maybe just before 7, 6.37. And Nick being on UK time, I don't think they train any, t- any time no. earlier than sort of 8.30 or 9 a.m. <laughs> so I pitched up. Um, the plan was to do a, a hill session. There's a nasty hill called Kreiser Hill. And he said, let's do hill sprints. So I said, cool, I'm in. I'm not going to miss the opportunity to do a proper training run with Nick Bester. I mean, so this is after your marathon, the week yeah, after Yeah, this is marathon. the week after, yeah. <laughs> after you've blown at the end of your marathon. Yeah, no, yeah, you got to yeah. 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 keep on going. Sounds like the right yeah. way to go. <laughs> and um, so I thought I missed, I thought, oh, this guy hasn't pitched up. Let me just do, <laughs> let me just do it. I'm here. So it was, I think, a set, six sets of 500-meter hill sprints. And, I mean, this is a yeah, beast no. of a hill. It's, I think it's at, like, 12 or 13%. <sighs> and, um, yeah, so I did my six sets, pushed hard. Don't tell walking me back, twice. Walking back to my car. And who comes riding along? Nick. <laughs> so he's like, hey, hey, cool. I'm like, oh, hey, how's it? How's it, Nick? <laughs> yeah, he's like... Have you been here a while? So I said, yeah. She said, <laughs> like, funny story. I actually, I thought you weren't coming, so I just did my set. And he said, well, I mean, I'm yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> so obviously, I'm not going to miss out on running, doing a training no, with Nick no. Bester. So I said, That's okay, when you say no. <laughs> all right, let's go. I will now, like, I pushed, I pushed, I do my hard sessions hard. So yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was fairly finished. But and you got what you wanted, eh? You got to run with Nick Bester. Yeah. So, I mean, this, that's not even the funny part of the story. So um, so we get going. And after the first set, she said, I pushed this one hard as all. Well, and then I turned around and I said to Nick, listen, I've actually, I've, I've finished my full set and I'm dying here, buddy. I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> so he said he kindly let me, let me off each, well, every alternate one. So I joined him on one, three, and five. And Good yeah, he pushed them. I, I think I learned quite a big lesson in that training session was that you you push your hard sessions hard and you take your easy days easy. I mean, that man, something else. He pushed, he pushed up those hills like nothing. I think I was I was playing around, and then when I sat out and watched him running up those hills, I was like, okay, oh, that's what an elite you know, runner 220 does. Two twenty marathon yeah. is proper. So I learned a good lesson that day. Lucky that yeah. he let you off. <laughs> yeah. You could have just been like, no, you're going to do these with me. You're going <laughs> to learn. So you, the, the week after your, your marathon, you went and the double hill repeats up a mother long hill <laughs> and uh, you, you decided to do them with Nick Bester. I wasn't uh, going to miss out. Sure. So no, that's brave, man. I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after, after that marathon, you obviously were left a bit disappointed with your time because you were, you were hoping to go there and absolutely obliterate a sub three hour. So am I correct? That's when you then reached out to, to Zane Robertson for coaching for, to yeah. try to look at a different approach? Not really a different approach. I think I just needed, needed a little bit more personal attention, one-on-one coaching. Okay. Um, I was with Mike Roscoe before, a, guy, a local guy in Sunning Hill. 
a uh, fantastic coach and I learned a lot of basics uh, a lot of basics from him but I I reached the point where I needed more one-on-one coaching um, yeah so we were Zane and I were um, introduced to each other by a mutual friend and yeah we clicked we clicked straight away and um, yeah he and you say you saw almost immediate improvement in your in your ability um, what would you say was the biggest change was it the fact that the training was now individualized to you or was there a specific philosophy of training that was different and, and, and helped you and made you understand things a bit better? Yeah, so we, we did a big like deep dive into my needs and my goals. And Zane took a lot of time to, to look at me, go through all of my metrics and to figure out exact uh, sort of threshold paces for me. And he's very intuitive. Um, I don't know if you guys know uh, Zane Robertson, New Zealand athlete, yeah, pro, pro athlete. Yeah. Um, he's hugely experienced, a massively talented runner, and um, I think a very talented coach. So um, after every single sort of key training session, we looked at the metrics, we figured out where I could improve, where I, was, where I needed help, what I was really strong at. So I think it was very individualized. And he also taught me, um, again, to push those hard days really hard. And I think because of that, you get a lot out of, out of your running and your when training. You, when, when you're talking pushing the hard days hard and pushing the easy days easy, is easy to you just an effort? Or was it associated with a specific pace range or heart rate range? Or was it purely just make sure that you're taking it easier than what you feel easy should be? So easy is definitely by feel. There'd be times that I wouldn't even run with my watch on or just set your watch to um, sort of heart rate screen. Mm. Um, and obviously hard runs are very specific yeah. according to pace. Because I think that's something that, you know, a lot of novice runners or runners that are looking for improvements, I think that's where they, they struggle with mostly. It's it's keeping the hard days hard so that, you know, you make sure that you keep your easy days easy. Um it just it feels counterproductive to to run slowly a lot of the time uh, when you're trying to have this this hard or, or this high pressure goal. Um, so you really want a wide a wide range in your pace. Um, mm. Those really easy days are going to help with your aerobic fitness. It's going to build your engine. Yeah, and that's the basics of of running. That sure. you can then rely on your fitness being good, and from there you can just go anywhere. It also allows you to push your hard days because if you're always overtraining or always training slightly harder than you should, when it comes to your hard day, you're not really pushing those thresholds or pushing those boundaries to the extent that you could potentially be if you took the the easy recovery run the day before a lot easier. That's why, yeah, most runners get that wrong. They mm. they run their easy days too hard and their hard days too easy. Yeah. Um. So you you na- you're narrowing your sort of arsenal your range yeah um you want that as wide as possible and it really helps with your um your heart rate mm. you again you want as wide a range as possible so you want your resting heart rate to be as low as possible and your max to be really high so that you have this huge range to work through no, come race day for sure and i think it comes down to experience a lot of it so if you don't know and if you haven't tried it or if you're a newbie runner a lot of the runs are going to be harder than what 
they are because if you say to someone that's a new runner you got to be running easy then that's a walk so it's a it's a difficult thing and something that people associate with poor performance is going slowly but meanwhile that's the way that we improve right so if we can make that relative heart rate feel low or lower the heart rate through a relative effort and make that effort feel easy on a long run or those recovery runs then we know that we're improving right yeah. but and it's all relative yeah. really it's my fast is going to be different to somebody sure. else's fast my slow is going to be different to a professional yeah, athlete's gonna, fast yeah. and, and at this time zane was was in kenya right so he was coaching you from kenya and you thought it would be a cool thing to go and meet him up there as well yeah absolutely i think it was january this year um i just had this crazy idea that i wanted to go go to kenya and train with the best best athletes in the world not a crazy idea no it was a real runner my friend no it was totally nuts i didn't know how to go about it i just started doing research online got uh got a few suggestions from i reached out to people that had gone before did some research next time please take us with booked a flight <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to take the making our energy <sighs> it's my birthday <laughs> on the 28th of may should we go let's uh, book it in my boy i think i think we're going to harry smith <laughs> <laughs> shout out to harry smith <laughs> we're gonna go to an event in harry smith but anyways yeah so uh, kenya um yeah. I, I did it for numerous reasons obviously want to do um meet zane in person um because we had been doing everything remotely um, Kenya is uh, high altitude training. That's why most athletes go there to train. It's not just because the best athletes are there. They are the best athletes in the world because they were born at that high altitude. There's just, there's facts. Mm. Uh, they're, they're just, uh, they're different. It's also the lifestyle, right? So they're brought up in this, in this life where, you know, we live in a first world country where we spend a lot of sedentary time working on a computer you know they they live a much simpler life is that correct yeah when i was there it, it actually shocked me how rural it was um so you fly really? into nairobi you jump on another internal flight to alderet and then it's another hour drive from alderet to e10 and it's simple life and i thrived i loved it it's you 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 eat run sleep eat run sleep i loved i loved that it was just all about so the running <laughs> so simple yeah and i mean how did you find obviously being an influencer and still trying to keep your your followers happy with you know following your journey was it pretty was it relatively easy for you to stay in touch with them yeah um so signal yeah, like there's, that, there's, there's no full, problem with uh, that. yeah i stayed at the high altitude uh, center in no, the no, no oyster um, box in kenya eh? no, no. but <laughs> i'm just asking for my friend over here because yeah, i know yeah. he does i don't want him to yeah. lose any followers if we go to kenya no, so they've birthday. got they, they yeah, had uh, fortunately up. they had great wi-fi oh fantastic so there you we go, could, we can go and geez people loved it when i from the moment i said i'm going to kenya tons of people reached out saying i even reached out i was yeah. like how much did it cost you my friend <laughs> yeah like please keep us updated uh, and i I'm a, i kept my stories and that's awesome full man. daily and people absolutely loved it they ate it up I, I showed not only the runs but the the people the culture what we ate where we went what we did I, I kind of I wanted to journal the whole thing and people loved it well speaking yeah. of the people i mean you must have brushed shoulders with like some really like incredible high level runners from all over the world that are there just doing their normal training thing so one of the sort of things that that i worried about going to kenya was that i was going to be this 
recreational runner <laughs> in a in a community of elites. But I tell you, I, I, the experience couldn't have been different. From the moment I got there, I met other normal people like me, normal runners who just shared the passion of running and had the opportunity and the adventure of coming to Kenya to to train. And we were all different. We all yeah. had different goals, but we all shared the same passion, which was running. So I'm still friends with loads of them, guys from Italy, Germany, um, the US, the UK. So I met great friends there. And also, yeah, like you say, bumped into loads of really, really well-known people. I mean, you walk out onto the street and just like there's a group of runners running by and you're like, hey, that guy looks familiar. Yeah, I think seen I've seen him before. like a, he was in the lead pack of the New York <laughs> Marathon, I think. Yeah, and like, So it's like and even people inside the, the training center, I mean, it, it had one of the top gyms in the area. So for like a strength, strength or core workout, you would have like the top Kenyan athletes just come and lie on a mat next to you and do your core workout with you. Um, so, I, I mean, I met loads of people, um, went to track day in Alderet, which is the Iliad Kipchoge track, yes. which is a bit of an eyesore because it's uh, still under construction. It's kind of at a standstill, okay. but, I mean, it's as popular as ever. Every, every single athlete that takes himself seriously goes on Thursday and does a track session there. So there must be 200 athletes. She's all doing yeah. is, it, uh, is it not finished or is it a ANC situation? Where yeah, one of those, yeah. Okay. yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> so... So under construction, <laughs> in, innovative money's yeah. disappeared. <laughs> yeah, no one knows anything yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate because um, there's such few sort of uh, sort of local. Yeah, you would think Elliot would come by and just reconstruct it himself. Though. No, I, yeah, I mean, I will ask people that, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, being at track, it's like I bumped into um, Jimmy Gracia, who's the European ten kilometer champion. Uh, Paul Chalima is the sure. silver, Olympic silver medalist over 5,000 meters. No, Elliot Kipchoge is no. there sometimes. I was hoping to bump <laughs> into him. I've actually got a funny, <laughs> I've actually got a funny story about that. So like I was only in Kenya for 10 days. I couldn't, unfortunately couldn't go for longer. It would have benefited me to go for longer, but I was only there for 10 days. So that meant sort of limited time doing certain types of workouts. And so I had one Thursday and I wanted to go do track day at the stadium with the possible opportunity of meeting Elit Kopchoge. It was a, it, I was never like desperate to go and track him down, yeah. but it would have been a bonus to see him. <laughs> I wonder um, how many people go and definitely try and would track have him boosted down, that eh? three million yeah. to another six million, yeah. I reckon. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm telling you, it's this close. <laughs> so I had a track day workout. Um, so Zane and I and um, our training group jumped in a car, went to the track. My friends that I was staying with decided to go in a Matatu, which is the sort of local taxi, and I should have gone with them because yeah, they, they their driver obviously was Elliot Kipchoge. <laughs> <laughs> well, knew more than knew more than the normal person, and he said, "No, no, no, Elliot's not going to be at at that stadium. He's going to be at the university stadium. Do you want me to take you there?" Yes. So they went to <laughs> the university down, stadium. So they went there, and he was there. Yeah, they watched the NN running team complete their track workout and they got got to meet the man himself afterwards oh. wearing their brand new alpha fly threes prototype and this was in jan back in january oh man and yeah got all the photos so yeah i oh. missed out on that opportunity were you, were you upset more upset about cape town marathon 
Or I was <laughs> the sucker that was stuck running 20 times 400 meters At around Kipchoge's the wrong track. stadium. Yeah. <laughs> it says Kipchoge <laughs> there. I know Kipchoge. Oh, so yeah, I missed, I missed out on the opportunity, but it takes nothing away from, um, from the trip. Yeah. Well, what does that teach you? You need to stick to the, the <laughs> locals. You know, you got, you got to work with the locals. Zane Robinson is a local, yeah, though. Yeah, to be, come on, you should have known, eh? <laughs> no, he had no time for that. It was all work, eh? yeah. So obviously, you were there mostly. I mean, for the experience, but for the training, for the high altitude training, the difficulty of training in that environment, and also mm. obviously the overall experience of being in Kenya. I mean, I think that's something that if you're a long distance runner, uh, that must be. The pinnacle, the pinnacle of where yeah. you want to go to to run. Um, obviously, that was in building to try and and improve on your marathon time, or that was in in trying to get to yeah. Your so Nedbank over Ranified or? over that period, I was invited by Nedbank Running Club to because you to, run for Nedbank. Yeah, that's yeah. my running club. Yeah. Um, I was invited by them to to run the uh, Nedbank Ranified fifty kilometer like invitational only type of race, which happens down in PE. And that was going to be in late Feb. Um, and there were only 100, well, 150 um, athletes that are invited to do that. And all professional top uh, South African ultra distance runners. So mm. I felt like this is going to get real. Impossible. If I'm going to do this, yeah, imposter syndrome. <laughs> if I'm going to do this, I need to like not embarrass myself and... Get get training. And uh, how does one land up with an invitation to a? It's a genuine question. Uh, to a you 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 said it yourself. Elite runners. I mean, it would be it intimidating, you know, going there knowing that, what like you might end up getting lapped by these people or, well, how did you did you just embrace it? You were just like so. I, I embraced it. Um, so it sounds, it sounds like I shouldn't have been there. But there, there was a range of athletes. Obviously, the top athletes okay. in the country and the arguably the, the best ultra-distance runners in the world, um, as there were two world records set and, mo and multiple national records set that day of the mm. race. But there, there were average runners there. So, um, But I'm very proud of my performance. Um, yeah, out of the one, 150 athletes, I, um, I finished 49th and 11th in my age group. Um, which I'd, I'd, I was really happy with. Um, I, I, I ran a decent race. And you ran a PB marathon yeah, at 2.49. Yeah, I did. I got uh, I got 2.49. Um, it, it Through the marathon, when you're trying to get to 50K. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I pushed I pushed to 42 and saw nice. it and tried to see where, where the next 8Ks would take me. So that was a really great experience. Um, I got to meet some fantastic athletes. I was on, uh, uh, yeah, I, I attended all the press briefings, Pre-race briefings. That's another great. Gave Tete Jean a yeah. half five on his on his way a kilometre or two out from the finish line <laughs> where he broke the world record. Uh, he ran a two thirty nine. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Uh, I think he got through. He For got through the games. marathon in two twelve. Um, two twelve. Yeah. Leah's gobsmacked over here. <laughs> uh, that, I reckon that's comrades gonna. I hope he's yeah, everybody should be careful. Yeah, I think I, I think he's a man to look out for. Yeah. But yeah, that was a wonderful experience and just something uh, something else like really like that I could add to my bio to in, improve my not credibility, but like it was like a fantastic thing on on my CV and like something that I'd put a lot of emphasis on. And I'm glad that I. I was able to to perform in the day. No, look, I think you know just being a part of that event as well. 
what I'm what I'm getting at is with with all the conversation that we've had about the social media and influencing and being on a di- in a digital world, you're still getting so much real world experience by actually going to these places, meeting real people, and really building those connections. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? It's the connections that we make with those around us, and those can't just be made on on social media alone. So I think that's something that you know, if you've got people trying to become influencers or more influential within their communities i think that's definitely something that you know they have to look up to it's not just about being behind your cell phone it's actually about getting out there and meeting the people that yeah, you work with absolutely well well said my friend i thought i'd just yeah, go out there very, very so, so i love the fact that um i think i've i found a bit of a niche where yes i am i've turned into an influencer now that um, i promote a lot of products and um i have a lot of followers but it really comes back down to is that I'm a runner first and foremost, yeah. and I love it that I'm the real deal. Yeah. Um. So I think people enjoy that. Authenticity. When I, yeah, the authenticity of when I give uh, feedback and reviews on shoes, it comes from a place of of experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, before before we wrap up, obviously we're building up to your your most recent race goal, which was the total sports two oceans marathon which we we met down there for and uh, we were we were hopeful to to sort of run together and run a, a sub four hour bus together that never really ended up starting but before we get to that just your 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 journey from Nedbank Runified to Cape Town uh, to Cape Town for the two oceans uh, was it just a case of building up the speed to to try and maintain that you know what is a 415 a k pace for four hours is that sort of was that the focus of your training yeah so um zane and i discussed it um after running fired and we knew that i could run far that's not the problem so we actually took quite a different strategy that we kind of laughed about and said no one's going to suspect sort of our strategy and i worked on speed work <laughs> i think the longest run i did was one 40 kilometer progression run but it was a hard progression run. i remember that i think it was on a tuesday or something I yeah looked at it and i was like what the <laughs> cock is this like doing 40k on a tuesday he threw me hey i, I said it to nick and i'm like what's happening <laughs> and lying be- lying in bed on a saturday morning yeah, when you yeah, guys yeah. are doing your yeah, 30 yeah, kilometer yeah. long yeah, you runs. threw me <laughs> yeah so the big focus was on speed work so i had a lot of threshold um pace work i had a lot of tempo runs a lot of uh track interval work um, like I said, we knew that I could run far. Um, I just wanted to work on the pace. And funnily enough, uh, we'll get to it later on. It's actually Zane got it spot on because that's exactly what I needed at the end of two yeah. oceans. Yeah. Well, w- whilst you mentioned Zane, obviously it, it it broke out to the world about Zane's news uh, of having doped at a time where you were building up to your marathon. And like I said to you before the recording, obviously it's quite a tricky time in anyone's training schedule, especially when you're getting just a couple of weeks out of your, your goal race to feel like, you know, you're in this position where you don't have necessarily a coach to guide you through that difficult time, more of a mental time for yeah. all of the athletes. It's not a hard physical demanding time, but there's a lot of questions that start to pop up. I mean, how was that whole experience for you? Obviously, you know, it, it's it's a tricky situation and having listened to various podcasts and different things about Zane's uh, situation, it you got you to gotta feel a little bit 
it's a it's a tough one to, to even bring up and chat about in this podcast and i don't think this is the platform for yeah. it but <clears throat> obviously it goes without saying that these elite level athletes have got extreme pressures yeah thrust upon them and sometimes it just you succumb to those pressures yeah i mean we're all human he made a big mistake um yeah but how was that experience for you becoming, it was disappointing yeah. i felt betrayed um and we had quite a tight bond yeah um I didn't expect him to, looking back at it now, like I don't know how he could have brought it up with me, but I was disappointed at the mm. time. Um, and and yeah, I kind of felt, I've got, um, I feel very strongly about what he did. I, mm. I don't condone it at all. And I made, I'm going to say a tough decision, but it wasn't that tough because uh, I just, I had to drop him as a coach. Mm. Um, I don't think it's right what he did to the sport. Uh, yeah, I just, I had to move on. Um, sure. I had to make a decision and unfortunately go my own way. Sure. And I mean, the the, the side effects of that on your training and building up to two oceans, how do you feel that impacted you? Did you sort of channel that energy in a positive way? Yeah, yeah it did. Um, obviously, he went through a much tougher time. Uh, sure. Um, I didn't want to make it about me. Uh, I've got huge sympathy for the guy. I spoke to him immediately. He kind of pulled away from all sort of public criticism and scrutiny. Um, yeah, I, I channeled it positively and it was, I think, about three or four weeks out of Two mm. Oceans. So most of my hard work had been done. Mm. I just needed to kind of uh, stay focused and push through to the end and start the taper. And in the end, you managed you managed just yeah, yeah two, so the two ocean story yeah so it, i mean it, it's everybody will know that that's listening to this podcast will know that we all had that same aspiration of getting that sub four silver um i knew i had it in me i've never done it before it was going to be my my first ultra marathon at two oceans so i was a novice i listened to the barry holland podcast but keep very yeah, keenly yeah, yeah. taking those uh those pointers those, those on. nuggets yeah those gold nuggets of but advice. He, did, he didn't say you need to time trial your last 20ks so he said take it easy the first 20 kilometers yes, don't push too hard and or the first half that? within reason uh, yeah within, within reason yeah. i just so without making the story too long yeah um I started off perfectly fine, went out, got through 22Ks. We started really early, 10 past five. So we ran the first two hours in the dark, which I think helped mentally. I, I don't know if you guys would agree, oh, yeah. but it kind oh, of yeah. broke the race in half. <laughs> so it, it yeah. helped me physically as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think I just I lost a little bit of focus between kilometers 22 and 27 and just kind of dropped off the pace a little bit. Uh, Davey caught up to me. I mean, you had a cracking race that day. So, yeah, well done, bud. Um, you came past me and you you were looking good. So I said, Davey, you go for it. But I, I knew you had it in the bag. So um, I was just feeling the vibes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody knows it. <laughs> With your cell phone in your yeah. hand. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, then we got to we got to Chapman's Peak. I, I met up with uh, uh, Shana Bossman. I've, I've done many races with her and we got on well. So we ran for probably six or seven kilometers together, helping each other. Um, yeah, uh, Chapman's Peak. I, I had a good race. I mm. got my fueling right. I got my hydration right. I was feeling strong. I think I just dropped off the pace a little bit and got, I don't know, a bit lazy or lost focus. 
And you um, were enjoying the views of Chapman's <laughs> Peak when, when I came. Yeah, probably a bit too much. You, you had your head up. You were looking up yeah, at the rocks. No, I was like, I "Yo, this guy's having a great time." So I felt. <laughs> when you say yeah, I lost focus and like dropped, off, I'm like, "What the fuck do you mean, man? It's just two oceans, silver medal. Get your shit together and like let's go." Exactly. Like, I got to the top of of Chapman's and I actually I think it was about 36 k's and I. I did quick maths in my mind <laughs> and we Run, had runners quick maths. Hey, so we had 20 Ks yeah. to go and I was 240 in. So what is that? An hour and 20 minutes to finish the last 20 Ks. So <laughs> knowing that there was Constantia Neck in between mm. it, which is called the graveyard <laughs> and which brings most runners to a walk. So I knew I had a big challenge ahead of me and it it really wasn't about if I could do it. Like in my mind, I, I was getting sub four. In your mind, you knew you'd done the speed work. Yeah. And I actually, <laughs> no, that's the beauty of training is that you can rely on your training. Oh, so you. it's not a, it's not a physical problem that you're facing. It's a mental one. If I so, was a betting man at, at twenty k's, I would have, <laughs> I would have pull, pulled the. You would have gone pulled, home. Yeah. Pulled the money, hey. Well, so you guys, I don't know how many minutes or k's you were in front of me, but uh, I was like, I'm running my own race. Mm. I knew I had the sort of twenty k's to go. I broke it down into two sets of ten kilometers, so I needed to time trial it. So it was four minutes a k, and I just. Did That's it. when I put the hammer down. Yeah, like I said, I, I had my hydration and fueling right, so I could do it. I felt good, and I just relied on my training. And this is where the speed work came in. At the age of 42, 40, <laughs> 41, 42. 42, 43 next at month. At the age of 42, and only with a year and a bit of proper training, it's, it's unbelievable. Thank you. Yeah, and, and I must add, because I finished in 3.58, you yeah. finished in 3.58, we could have actually run the race together, but we no. Could. We had very <laughs> no, no, different no, 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 races, yeah. Completely different races, but we, we learn along the way. And yeah, it, was, it, was an, it was a fantastic day. Yeah, we got our silver medals, yeah. and geez, yeah, we were, we were stoked at the end of that. Before we wrap up, where, where does Jeffrey go from here? What, what's, his, what's immediate on the horizon? So immediate what's future? What's long-term um, goal? Um, Davey, I know you running comrades, as are many of the listeners and a lot of guys out there. Yeah, um, I see everybody grinding the kilometers out, doing the long runs now. Um, happy to say that I'm not running the comrades this year. Um, I've, I've done, I've probably done enough running, training for it. Um, I'm not. Uh, it's not yeah. too late. You can still run it. I'm not running it. Oh, yeah. I'm running a 10k race. Nice. That's my next one. So I want to get back to some shorter, faster stuff. I think that's actually where I'm better. Sub thirty ten k, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, man. Uh, I just want to uh, sorry, so ten yeah. k coming up next, and then twenty one, uh, twenty one down in PE in June, Copenhagen half in September, Cape yeah. Town marathon in October. So we'll have a Cape Town marathon bus, shall yes. we? <laughs> yes. And this time we do it properly. This, oh, <laughs> let's see about that. But, but thank you so much for having come on the show. Uh, today it really it was a great conversation i think it was super insightful for our listeners and yeah man you you literally are are walking the walk talking the the full package man (laughs) keep keep doing what you're doing keep inspiring people around you and we look forward to your next fifty thousand followers over the next couple of months (laughs) and eh? if we all be like jeff we can all run faster so let's <laughs> run faster. <laughs> Thanks. No, listen, Thanks. thank you guys. It's it's been an absolute pleasure being here um, and sharing my story with you guys and all your listeners. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jeff. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Making a Runner. We hope you enjoyed it and found value in the show. Don't forget to rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform. And remember to share with your running buddies. Follow our journey on our socials and feel free to engage with us on all things running. We wish you a pleasant run wherever the road or trail may take you. Bye for now.